Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast with Tony Marinero. Sports entertainment like no other. It's going to be sick. Brought to you by Essentia, the world's only natural memory foam mattress. Beyond organic sleep. Cherry River Hard Seltzer. Only 90 calories, natural flavors, and no preservatives. Now available in Quebec Grocers and the Beer Store. And Johnny Bootlegger's Whiskey Old Fashioned is both refreshing and authentic to the classic cocktail. Available now at Saks near you. Marinero, the sick podcast. Do you wonder what a Stanley Cup champion looks like? Or even better yet, a two-time Stanley Cup champion? You're looking at him because joining me right now is the director of Hockey Ops of the Tampa Bay Lightning. You know him as a former Montreal Canadian as well. Matthew Darsh, congratulations. Well, thank you, Tony. Thanks for having me. Tell me the truth. How many of your buddies text you and said, how could you beat the Montreal Canadiens? How could you do that? Did you get any of those? No, I got actually, no, people, they send you congratulations, but I had some weird texts before the, the finals, people saying like, ah, oh, you know, I usually I'd wish you good luck now, I hope you lose, which was, to me was kind of weird. Like, I have no problem with people cheering for the Habs, by all means, they're from Montreal, they always cheer for the Habs, they don't have to cheer for us, but you don't have to tell me, I hope you fail, because I'm not a fan, you know, like, it's not a fan versus fan that you'll chirp, you know, you're a Bucks fan that uh, beat the Chiefs last year, you can chirp, but that's my livelihood, what happens on the eyes where Derek involved in it and the results on the eyes can directly involve my job so uh, of course weird but i guess when it comes to montreal canadians uh people don't always think straight so uh but you know now i can tell them that since the last time i saw them in person i got two cups so yeah you're right about that and the stick podcast is brought to you by essentia the world's only natural memory foam mattress go to myessentia.com slash sick pod and use code sick pod for a free pillow with your purchase, Essentia, Beyond Organic Sleep, and that's what you guys did. Uh, you put all the angry fans or all the uh, lively fans, you put them to sleep for a little bit. But um, I want to talk to you about your job. I want to talk to you about everything you've done there. But I just I want to get back to the, the Canadians for a second. How surprised were you to see them in the final? Well, at the end of the year, they had a great start. The uh, the additions they made, the Toffoli's, the Edmondson and Anderson, all that, were great additions. Obviously, they struggled at one point during the season, but uh, did people think they were going to go by the, the leaves? Probably not, but they ended up being better, and uh, they, the run they had was unbelievable. They they, they were clutch. Carey Price was Carey Price. Listen, I played three years with him. I know how good he can be. He's an outstanding goalie, but the guys, it's like, yeah, Carey was a big part of it, but... They scored timely goals. You know, young guys came in like Caulfield, scored big goals, got involved in overtime. So they they found a way. Like it's a in the playoffs, it's a different beast. You know, like it's a, they play a great defensive game. We knew starting the finals that they would play a great defensive game, and you know you have to fight your way on the inside. And uh, we were we had success. We were fortunate, but they they made it hard. And uh, you know, people didn't think they'd beat Toronto. They beat Toronto. Then uh, Winnipeg. Whatever, like it was a quick series. Vegas, everybody said, ah, I know that even people said that the Stanley Cup final should have been Vegas, Colorado. Yeah. And they beat them and they deserve to beat them. And then uh, they got to us. And luckily for me, we, we stayed on top. And I think our guys played an outstanding final. Uh, we, we never gave much uh, uh, scoring, many scoring chances to Montreal most yeah. games. Uh, whenever we had some uh, some breakdowns, Vasilevsky was great, and our yeah. big board showed up, and our depth uh, showed in the finals. And 
I can't complain. I'm on the right yeah. side of the, of the finals. With all due respect to the Canadians, I think it was pretty obvious. You guys were just a different class. Uh, you were a little bit too much to handle for the Canadians. And the better team won. Two years, two cups for you. You made a big career move uh, where you were working in hockey a little bit uh, through media, but you were working also for Delmar Cargo, a transport company, and they do a lot of things, and they have a real estate portfolio, and the list goes on and on. And you get a call. Tell me about how Matthew Darsh is the director of hockey <laughs> operations with the Tampa Bay Lightning. I have a pretty good idea because you and I know each other a little bit. Uh, but tell us the whole story if you can. Well, Julian, I met Julian Breezeball when I signed with Montreal. I was signed. Guy Boucher took over in Hamilton, and he said, Matt, you know, a first-year pro. You brought Marte Raymond from Miguel, too, first-year pro. And he goes, uh, you know, I need someone to be my veteran. And I was – I had been in Tampa playing the year after I was in the minors. So I was like, all right, I, this is what I'm looking for contract-wise. And Julian was the GM of Hamilton, assistant GM in Montreal, and he signed me. And we're the same age. Actually, Julian likes to say I'm two months older than him. So he uh -huh. says, uh, he, I'm the old guy. Uh, I'm November 76. He's January 77. So he even says, said, you're 76, I'm 77. But uh, we always take friends. You know, over the years when I when I retired, uh, every summer when you come back to Montreal, we, we go at least once to dinner with our wives. And, you know, we always kept a real good relationship. We talk hockey. I like talking hockey. So he'd call me every now and then during the season. I'd call him. We'd talk hockey around the league, and uh, once he took over for Steve Eisenman, it happened in uh, September that year. So he did nothing all year, and honestly, we hadn't had the discussion. And even when we had dinner, we never had the discussion, hey, Julian, I'd like to work with you. I think he, he knew I'd like to work in hockey. And uh, and then that year, Tampa was playing Montreal. Uh, the year Tampa won 62 games Yeah. Uh, in April in Montreal, and he texted me. Like, we text quite often, probably almost every week. And then he goes, yeah. hey, can you join me for breakfast on uh, the Ritz where they stay? So I kind of had an idea that you want – probably wanted to, to talk to me about something like that. And I came in the morning and he told me, listen, I took over for Steve. I didn't replace what I was doing. You know, would you be interested? And uh, I need someone that moves to Tampa. I need someone with me because uh, our other assistant GMs, they live a bit all over. Uh, so I went back. My wife, my kids were 16 and 14. That was the big uh, decision. And I had a great job with Del Mar. They treated me like, like their son. Like I was awesome working with yeah. them. Yeah. They knew the only reason I would leave is if I would leave is if I get back in hockey. And then my wife is the one that actually because that was nervous. The boys were 16 and 14, middle of high school. It's not. I mean, you have boys that are around the same age, so yeah. it's not an easy time to move them and uproot them. And yeah, they have friends. Wife, I'm sorry. They have friends that they don't want to exactly, leave. Exactly, they have friends. My oldest was going in the, in the science, so he was graduating from high school, and uh, they were playing hockey for their school. Like they loved it. And did he have a girlfriend? Did he have a girlfriend? No, they didn't have a girlfriend. So that, uh, that that's why it happened. Or else he would have been in trouble. <laughs> yeah. So my, and my wife is the one at the end of the day. And she had a job working for Rio Tinto in Montreal. And she said, Matt, you always wanted to do that. Like, I'm ready to go. Let's do it. Like, wow. You know, nothing happens with luck in, in life. You know, you have to go get if you want something. You have an opportunity. If you don't take it, it's a last. Because I've been out of hockey for five, six years. Stayed with RDS. So I stayed connected to the game. But if you don't yeah. do it now, odds are... It might not happen. So we made the move. And I still remember the day we moved. Like uh, my wife drove down with one of her friends because we couldn't put the dog on the plane. So I flew with my boys to get the moving truck in Tampa before. And I remember the boys are in a good mood at the, at the airport. And once we get on the plane, as the plane's taken off, my youngest puts his hoodie on his head and I start seeing tears 
So you're like, oh, you know, like it, it, it kills you to, to see that. But the boys adjusted unbelievably. And that's why like last year when we won the cup, I was like, it, you know, it's, I'm so happy because it's for me, but it's for my family and my boys. They're yeah. huge hockey fans. They get to live it. And this year, even more, they were there. Like my son had been in Montreal for a month because he's going to McGill next year. He was working in Montreal, but he flew back for game five. And to see them in the stands and be with them in the dressing room after, and uh, to me, was uh, was priceless. And uh, yeah, it's beautiful. And they all worked out. That's beautiful. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be the next one to cry, I think. He's uh, Matthew Darsh, Director of Hockey Operations, Tampa Bay Lightning. He's wearing his uh, uh, lightning polo, it looks like there. If you'd like to get a lightning hoodie, I can tell you that sportbuffshop.com, for all of your officially licensed sports apparel and more, use code SIG15 for 15% off on all of their items, whether it's a lightning hoodie or even an Italia hoodie, because we won Euro <laughs> 2020. Matt, day-to-day, try to describe your job to me. What do you do? Like, paint the picture for me. I just hang out. That all. <laughs> uh, listen, I spend more time with Julian and my wife, probably. Uh, I, I support Julian in everything he does. For, uh, a lot of the, the contract negotiations, the salary cap. I, I'm the one who kind of keeps our, our salary cap during the season, which there was a lot of gymnastics this year with, with the season and taxi squads and all that. Like There uh, was a lot of cap, too. There was a lot of cap. And uh, a lot of teams had a lot of cap. And, uh, but it's not even on a daily basis for rosters. And like, it's been, it's been a crazy year. Even the people at central registry at the NHL, like, uh, there's one day, I think I called the uh, central registry like five times and they told me, Matt, you're not even the one that called the most today. <laughs> you know? Oh so, wow! Yeah. So everybody was in the same boat. And so cap contract negotiation, managing our staff, uh, hockey operation staff, we're about 60 people. If you come the whole staff from coaches, wow. that doesn't include players, just coaches, scouts, analytics team, uh, uh, team services and things like that. Uh, they said the contract negotiations, we, you know, analyze the game, our roster, uh, trades and all this. So anything that Julian does, I'm kind of his right hand person and I, I support him in, in all of these roles. So it's, uh, there wasn't as much travel this year because usually I'll go see Syracuse play and I'll go see some of our prospects, but this year we couldn't really travel because we're inside the, our bubble in a way. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, so, it's listen, supporting Julian. Yeah, you're a smart guy. It doesn't take you a long time to pick up things. But let me ask you, once you get hired by Julian Brisebois, he has you sitting down with some people. Or are you shadowing him? Like, uh, who's teaching you the job at this point? It's honestly a lot of it. Like, one of the reasons Julian hired me, I was part of the last labor negotiation. So, CBA-wise, I'm pretty – obviously, I have to – there's a few things that to, to relook at. Of but course. I knew, like, the essence of it. And honestly, like I, I spend a lot of time with Julian, uh, some stuff I knew. And uh, honestly, like I've had meetings on my own, met the guy. I mean, yeah, hockey's hockey. And there's the, the business side of it that I've learned from him. But I knew a lot of it, but it's I couldn't ask for a better mentor. Honestly, like he's brought me in everything, every meeting he's in uh, anywhere. And it didn't take long that, uh, you know, some meetings I go, he doesn't go. There's some, some contracts that uh, we've done that I've done from start to finish uh, with agents and, uh, you know, building your network with the agents and the other, uh, I talked to a lot of the other AGMs on the other teams and uh, you know, it's, it's, it's as you go, but I've been very lucky to trust he's had in me from the start. The uh, responsibilities is giving me the how he got me involved in every single contract negotiation decisions he makes. So I, I've been very fortunate. We, you know, I keep hearing that Julian Brisebois is 
another category. I'd love to be able to watch him in his day-to-day one day, but are there examples that you can give me of this guy is not just any GM. This guy is different. This guy's got something special. Well, I told people last year when I did interviews after the first cup, I think one of the big reasons we won the cup, Julian's an outstanding communicator with people like uh, – once the pandemic hit, then everything got shut down. Every single week, Julian called every single player, every coach, every staff, like everybody in hockey ops, players, coach, scouts, to keep them engaged and sending emails to players like, you know, like we're, we're going to come back. And even if, when we didn't know, he wanted them to stay. All right. And it helped that all our players stayed in town because it was mm-hmm. March and we're in Florida. So a lot of players weren't in a rush to go back home because it's the weather's nice. So. Our players stayed here communicating with people. Even the players mentioned it to me because, you know, sometimes the players are comfortable with me because I was a former player and I played against a few of them. So, I did. and a lot of them have mentioned it's unbelievable how Julian kept us abreast of what was going on. We'd have updates from the league. He'd send them to the players and like literally getting on the phone with all these people to me is uh, is communication skills within the organizations are. Uh, within the organization is outstanding like he, he how he gets people involved and he doesn't have the ego i'm the gm i'm the big boss yeah. like he'll give his seat on the plane if he has to like he, the way he treats people is second to none uh, i think the entire lightning organization is second to none i'm not just saying that i mean i've been talking about it for years and years and years al murray i'll bring up that name i mean to think that okay um drafting stamkos at one and headman at two uh, that's probably not that difficult Having said that, drafting Kucherov where he was drafted, Braden Point where he was drafted, Palat where he was drafted, Sorelli where he was drafted, um, you know, under, pardon me? Uh, Alex Kalorn. Alex Kalorn where he was drafted. Free agents, uh, that is, you know, part of the organizational uh, decisions, I guess, but free agents in Tyler Johnson and Yanni Gord over the years. I mean, that organization has just drafted some amazing players, signed some amazing players. What can you tell me about Al Murray? Al Murray is, is one of the best uh, head scouts around the league. Uh, we've had success late, as, but Al Murray is the one. Like, we have standards. Julian put standards, and I can't go with all the details because I don't want to share our trade secret, but okay. what we're looking for in players Al understands that. He knows what we're looking for. He knows the type of players we want, the type of people, because if there's players and people, you know. So you want the player, but you want the person also. And then when they, when they come in, where we, I think we do an outstanding job is player development, like led by Stacy Roos, who runs our player development. Uh, once we draft the players, like we, we, we give them all the resources possible. We have mm-hmm. skating coaches, skill coaches. Uh, we spend time with them when they're in junior, they're already drafted. We spend a lot of time with them. We go on the ice with them. Development camp. Uh, we invest a lot in player development. And, that yeah, we're great at drafting Braden Point in the third round. But part of it is Braden Point, the reason he got drafted, which is you're going to think it's weird. The reason Braden Point got drafted in the third round because his skating was subpar. Wow. Nobody would say that now, but yes, we gave him the resources, but Braden deserves all the credit because he's the one that put the effort in. Of course. He'd go with our skating coach in the summer after we drafted him to skate with her in Toronto. She'd go to Calgary where he lives, and he worked at his game. Same thing with Tony Sorelli. He's always a decent skater. He became a better skater. So, yes, we give them the resources, but that's why when I tell you we want the right people, not only yeah. the right players, is we want people with growth mindset that 
you know, like, so when we're at the combine, when we're doing interviews and we have our sports psychology that comes in, we're looking for a certain type of personality that wants to get better. Not, oh, I've always been good. It's going to be good, you know? So I think part of it, Al does a great job identifying those guys, but then they get into our, I don't want to say factory, but our process of how we get players to pro and they, they get rewarded for it. He is the director of hockey operations at Tampa Bay Lightning, Matthew Darsh, who probably finished partying a couple of days ago. Sophistication, a shout-out to them, event rentals, live music, DJs, sound systems, tents, chairs, tables, decor, lighting, photo booth, TV screens. You can call them in Montreal at 514-570-5770. If you're in Tampa, just get on a boat. It looks like a lot of fun. All right. How much can you tell us how much emphasis the Lightning put on uh, and believe in um, – um, analytics. Well, we're one of the, uh, we believe in it, uh, but people have to be careful. It's not like we're, we're, I've, when people talk analytics, they think that some teams that believe in analytics, that's all they believe at. To us, and Julian at the best line when he did an interview about it said, I don't know anybody that wants to make a decision with less information than they could get. Fantastic. So analytics is another piece of information. It's not the end all. It's just another piece of, for the evaluation for the for the decisions that we make. And trust me, we have a, a nice department uh, with quite a few people, and we use it. What's happening with the season and the off season? We use it in many different aspects. But it's not like oh, if analytics say this, it's only this. It's another evaluation tool, part of the the whole decision process that we make. And I've never heard of someone that wants to make it. You tell someone, hey, make a decision, like Tony, make a decision on this, but we got this information we can give you. And you say, no, no, I don't want that information. First like, time. You'd be foolish. Yeah. So it's just another piece of information that's part of the decision process. And that's what that's how we look at it. Hey, I want to talk about the lightning, but you know who else really impressed me in the playoffs? The Islanders. To think that they took you to game seven, uh, one nothing, they lose. Barry Trotz, Lou Lamorello, and Jacques Lemaire behind them. That's that's quite the trident. That's uh, it's a big brain trust. They have them playing the right way, huh? Yeah, it's discipline. They're very disciplined. I talked with our players after, and I was like, oh, you know, Florida first round was a hell of a series. The first yeah. game where we played against Florida, to me, was the most exciting games of the playoff. The exciting game of the playoff. Leads changing and lots of goals, and Kucherov comes back, scores, scores two goals. But, you know, you know you could – it was a bit more offense, and you get scored a few goals. Well, you, you'll have opportunities, but the, against the Islanders, the guys were saying that they're so disciplined is you can't let the game slip away because you're not getting it back. That's what that's where they're so good. They have a good goalie. They defend extremely well. Yeah. Uh, uh, and, they, you know, people think, oh, they're a boring defensive team. Look at the stats in the playoffs. They were one of the top scoring teams in the playoffs. Yeah. They but don't beat so themselves. They don't yeah, beat exactly. themselves. Yeah, exactly. Especially an offensive team like us. Sometimes you can say, ah, oh, well, if we don't play as well, if they if we have a bad start, they're up by two goals. We have the firepower to come back, but against the Islanders, it's very tough to do that because they play such a structured way. They were and Nassau was awesome to play in. I mean, talk about ruthless fans like they they was it was something special. And you know we we closed down Nassau, and I was happy. I even joked with Julian when I was in Montreal my first year in 2010. Julian was yeah. the AGM. We closed down the Mellon Arena by beating Pittsburgh. I said, I'd love to close down the NASA now. So <laughs> so we were able to do it, but it was a great, great series, honestly. Like that overtime game yeah. six. Even, I don't remember the play, Ryan McDonough, Spinorama. Yeah. Three on that. Ryan Pulak stops it with a second left. Like it's, I saw that. That was unbelievable. So it, was, it was a great series, too. 
A shout out to Excellent Photo Centrally located close to downtown shopping and university ships to all of Canada, professional staff at the store and online to help you choose the gear you really need. Excellentphoto.ca. Speaking of photos, there's one that's going around. I make no big deal out about it because things happen. Can you tell us the picture of the cup that looks a little dented? I know we heard, and even on my social media, I got people that are telling. I gave, I gave a, the, the reason why, and it's the hundred percent truth. People that think I'm trying, trying to sugarcoat it. I was called a liar and all that, because of course these. People I believe you. I believe that. you. You don't lie. Tell so me. We we did the boat parade, which nobody did a Tom Brady tossing the cup to another boat. <laughs> you know that didn't happen. Uh, beautiful day, but this is storm season in Florida. So at the end of the day, a lot of times it rains. So we had a park set up stage. Thousands and ten thousands of fans. It we got to got off the the boat. We got on buses to get to that place. We got off the boat. There's a pavilion right by the river uh, where the park is. Uh, we had food, so we're in there for like thirty minutes before we go out. It starts pouring sideways, lightning because it's dangerous. They cancel the thing, but the guys because so many fans that stood in the rain when it was raining sideways, they went out and now you saw the videos, they're sliding on the stage and they're celebrating. They brought the cup out, the consmite on the way in literally and, and players, kids and staff kids, they were joking, like skating on the ceramic, you know, cause it was slippery. Yeah. Was of course, of one course. guy came in and it's not because he was drunk. Like he just came in, went up the stairs, turned the corner. He slipped with the cup. When you hold the cup, you hold it from the bottom to the top and he slipped and he banged the cup and, it happened. It's a hundred percent accident. People that think wow. we disrespected the cup is the first of all, the cup could talk, it could write a book. Oh, for they sure. Everything it's seen. And it's not the first time that it, it got dead, and it's unfortunate that it happened, but it's there was no nobody drunk trying to toss the cup and trying to be funny. It's literally an accident. Like but people I guess they don't believe accidents happen now. For whatever reason, some people don't want to give the lightning the credit they deserve. I don't get it because I think winning two years in a row is a dynasty. I love watching you guys play. I live with a young man who's a Lightning fan, by the way. My eldest, Anthony, has been cheering for the Lightning for a good five years. About five years ago, he told me that Nikita Kucherov is his favorite player in the league. And I looked at him and I said, there's Crosby, there's Ovechkin, there's Malkin, there's all these stars. And you're telling me Kucherov. And he said, yeah. Five years later, he looks like a genius and I look like a dummy. But, um, you know, the one thing that you hear from some people, and you know, in Montreal, we're sore losers. We don't like that. Is and Dougie passionate. Hamilton call it passionate. And Dougie Hamilton said it too when he said we lost to a team eighteen million dollars over the cap. Can you tackle that? Well, Dougie actually wasn't too because he actually called some of our players after saying I didn't mean it like, disrespectful. I just meant that's how good they were because they had a lot of players. But the eighteen million, first of all, everybody plays by the same rules, and part of the, uh, probably half of that eighteen million is uh, Marin Gabarik and Anders Nilsson that never set foot in Tampa. So I don't think they helped us win. Uh, the reason it worked for us and it fell on our lap is Nikita Kucherov in early December started having little hip issues. We he came into Tampa. We we tried some treatment to get it fixed. It didn't work. He went to see a specialist, which is not our doctor, specialist in New York. Said he needs surgery. He got surgery on December 29th, and it's a five to six month recovery. And Five months is at the end of May. So our, we started the season thinking he's missing the first round of the playoffs. And David Pasternak came back in four and a half months with that same surgery. It's the fastest a hockey players came back. Four and a half months for Nikita Kucherov was May 11th or 12th, something like that. So, And the amount of work he put in to be able to come back and 
everybody that had that surgery, they skated for two to three months before. Because it's one thing to skate. It's one thing to compete in the NHL. Yeah, torn labrum in his hip. And that's why he was insulted that people questioned that. First of all, there's no pro athlete that would accept to set out. I at least set out so we can do our thing. He'd be like, of course not. You, you know, like there's not a chance. Like, and you think, oh yeah, we'll delay your surgery so we can do this. Like, there's not a chance. Like, uh, but the, the, but the Max, to, think, to think that he's, he was out for that long and played the way he played in the playoffs. You could tell this guy's a different category. Well, that's why people tell me, well, why was he so good right when the playoffs? That's why those people are special players. That's why Tom Brady wins at 44 and 45 years old. They're special players. They work at their craft. There's not a day that goes by, game day practice day, that Nikita Kucherov doesn't shoot 300 bucks in his garage. He's got the synthetic eyes. Like, he works at his game. He works so hard to come back. Were we fortunate? Of course we were. If it was a regular season – that's six, seven months. We could not have done it. It was a four-month season. That's the only reason we were able to do it. Most of the teams in the playoffs were actually, if you look at face values on their contract, they were all over the cap. So it just happened that our guy was a guy making $9.5 And wow. it's it's we still have to qualify to play for the playoffs without our best player. For sure. And you know what? Probably any other team in the league – Take away their $10 million guy, they don't make the playoffs. So it's, uh, it's to me, it's a non-issue. People don't understand the way it works, like, you know, that. And listen, it is what it is. And we're not going to apologize for it. We're, we're very, uh, it's, it's, did we get lucky? We always said it was uh, uh, bat luck, great timing. Yeah, I, I got one more for you in 30 seconds. But yeah. first off, Cherry River, hard seltzer, only 90 calories, 90 and natural flavors, no preservatives. Now available in Quebec grocery stores and at the beer store. This is uh, for you, Matthew Darsh. Congratulations to you and your teammates and the Tampa Bay Lightning, a great organization. Uh, two years, two cups. You obviously made a great career move. You've acquired a lot of experience. You're going to acquire even more. Does Matthew Darsh want to be a general manager in the National Hockey League one day? I'm very happy where I am. I learned from the guests. If it happens, it'd be nice. But I, I'm not like every year. I'm not like, all right, uh, I'm not looking if someone's going to lose their job. And, oh, I, should, I hope yeah. I get this one. I'm just doing my things. If it happens, it happens. And uh, I couldn't be in a better place to, to work and to learn. And you can see the palm trees in the back. It's not a bad place Beautiful. to live. Beautiful. Now it's hot at this time of year, but it's an awesome organization from the top, from the owner, all the way down. And uh, I'm extremely happy. And, uh, you know, we're going for three now. Like everything we're doing right now, that's why. Yeah. And uh, I'll do it again and stay longer with you after jump on the on the call. No, no, no. Listen, all the best to you. And if it ever happens and you want to go for breakfast, I'll meet you at the Ritz. Merci beaucoup. Take care. Congratulations. All the best to you. Thanks, Tony. Thanks for having me. What a good guy. Director of Hockey Operations of the Tampa Bay Lightning, Matthew Darsh. And now I'll try and make you a little bit of money. It's time for Sick Picks. Brought to you by MyBookie. All right. So I'm going to give you a sick pick right now. Place your bets on MyBookie. Go to MyBookie.ag slash the sick podcast and use code sick picks for a 50% deposit bonus bet, win, get paid. I'm looking at the NBA. I'm looking at game four. I'm looking at the Suns versus the Bucks, and the Suns are up two games to one. I expect the Bucks to win this one, to tie the series at two. And I'm going to take a look at the over under for the first half is at 108. Give me the under 108 in the first half. And once again, you can place your bets on my bookie. Go to mybookie.ag slash the sick podcast. Special thanks to Matthew Darsh. I'm Marinero. 
It's the Sick Podcast, and you can listen to us via the iHeartRadio app and follow us on all social media platforms. Once again, congratulations to the Tampa Bay Lightning and Matthew Darsh, and hoping I can make you some money on Sick Picks with the under in the first half of the game between the Suns and the Bucks. Salute. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow The Sick Podcast on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by Essentia, the world's only natural memory foam mattress. Beyond organic sleep, Cherry River Hard Seltzer, only 90 calories, natural flavors, and no preservatives. Now available in Quebec Grocery and The Beer Store. And Johnny Bootlegger's Whiskey Old Fashioned is both refreshing and authentic to the classic cocktail. Available now at Saks near you.